Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. 50 metres to go, two lengths in front. I'm Thunderstruck, needing to get there. Alligator blood tiring. I'm Thunderstruck over the top, rumbling. and takes the lead but Mr Brightside's challenging Mr Brightside up to Alligator Blood Cascadian late Mr Brightside in front and Mr Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian the inevitable Zaki joined by Animo who looks destiny in the face at the 150 Animo takes the lead from Zaki Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck but it's Animo clear on Thunderstruck late Animo holding on Animo this time for the big A what a from Wicks down the middle, Kingswell Dream at the 100, it's getting desperate, now Wicks is storming home, Wicks over the top, Ice is too good, but can't beat her. G'day punters and welcome back to another massive racing previews podcast. We are previewing, of course, the Group One Caulfield Cup, one of the one of the jewels in the crown, one of the big three, 2400 meter handicap. Fellas, how are we going? Firstly, Will Bot Alfred, how are you, mate? Good, good. Caulfield Cup's just been my favourite race, so I'm looking forward to it. We'll Maybe you can go and get a haircut before you go to the races, Bob, because yeah. that is an absolute ball of fucking fluff. That know, is, that's, that's a bird's nest. <laughs> I know. That is, that is grim. <laughs> Speaking of haircuts, Nico, you've got your your fine stuff done. I don't know what that is, but uh, anyway, it's could what be- pleases you. That's all be- that matters. Could barely afford it after last week. <laughs> My heart is still on the, on the floor of the Randwick turf, but anyway, we rejoice. Oh, no. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, thank you heaps for coming on, mate. Um, you are, you know, one of the one of the big guys of the racing industry. You're that busy well, yeah, at the moment. In, in size, in size, that's certainly true. I'm not sure <laughs> in status. But, yeah, um, good to be what, back. What's going on, mate? You're doing about 20 podcasts a week at the moment, keeping busy? Yeah, I'm trying to keep uh, the the racing show listeners entertained i think i'm flogging the podcast out at the moment there on patreon so that's been good and uh getting a lot of shifts with rsn during the week so uh there's one time of year you want to be busy it's this time of year though benny so especially in the racing industry so more than happy to be doing the the uh the long hours absolutely so caulfield cup i want to get your quick take on it some of the best caulfield cups you've ever seen or best caulfield cup memories before we crack in 
First Caulfield Cup I ever went to, I reckon, is my best Caulfield Cup memory. That's 2004. I reckon, oh, how old would I have been? Maybe eight. Uh, Elstrom winning the race with Nash Willer holding off Maccabi Diva. And I uh, was there with my brother Nick and sort of the whole family. And he absolutely loved Elstrom because of Nash Willer, who used to ride a fair bit of work for us back then. Uh, Nash, during that period, was he was a good rider, but he wasn't known as sort of the Group 1 superstar he is now. Sort of had a great relationship with Tony Vazel and got on board Elstrom, I think after Damien Oliver boned him for the spring and then sort of got on him and won the Underwood and the Turnbull on him before winning a Caulfield Cup. So that, for me, would be the standout Caulfield Cup memory just because uh, you sort of always remember your childhood uh, racing heroes and none better for me, Nico, than uh, Elstrom. And then beating Maccabi Diva, it's always going to be pretty memorable. She's coming at him late, but he, he held her off. Yeah, awesome. For me, it was also my first ever Caulfield Cup, which was actually Jamaica, a bit more recent, 2016. Gee, she just drew the, the good gate. She had the best run of all time. And Nick Hall was up out of the saddle from about the 30-metre mark, I reckon. And then probably the other one for me in recent memory is, is just very elegant, fending off the international... It was in COVID, so unfortunately it was behind closed doors. But if you go back and watch that replay, I reckon you can hear BZ in the background going, come on, very elegant, come on, very elegant. <laughs> it's fantastic. And I reckon I was the exact same. Will, Nico, favourite Caulfield Cup? Master O'Reilly and Faulkner. That was my two. I like those ones. Wow. Royalty. Yeah, I don't even know if I've really... My racing history is shocking. So... Yeah, no, I, don't, I probably don't really have a favourite Caulfield Cup, to be honest. Fair enough. Hopefully, it's this week. Not even like, not even pocket talk. <laughs> no, it's not my. I just don't get off on. Nico's never backed the winner of the Caulfield Cup. Oh, I backed very elegant in the year she won, but like, I don't know. It's just not really a race that gets me horned up, so. Right, well, you need to get up, up and about because we're going to crack in now. Oh, we're betting this weekend, but it's just like it's not my favourite race of the weekend. Caulfield. We were at rail 12 on Wednesday. We go back to three metres. We know it was a little bit inside. I want to say a lot inside on, on Wednesday, but what are our thoughts going back to three metres? We think it'll play pretty fairly or hard and fast inside advantage again? I think Trav. Trav, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm always sort of going to these meetings the third day of a carnival, a little bit sceptical just to see what the riders want to do. They edge well away from the inside, of course, on Caulfield Guineas Day. But there's a bit different. There was a lot of rain sort of in the lead up to that meeting, whereas we're not expected to get uh, any rain between what when we're recording Thursday, 7pm and, and Saturday. So... Um, I'm probably going into Saturday just hoping it's a fair track and I do think they'll probably get off that inside one or two lanes but overall hoping for a fair surface. They would not want to pump the juice into this track so bloody golf trip runs, I swear to God. <laughs> you run on the ground that everyone runs on or you don't run at all, champ. That's how it is. No special treatment. Yeah, hopefully not. All right, let's crack into race one. It is the 1,400 metres for the three-year-olds. Brave Mead is a $2.60 favourite from the Instructor, $3.80. Kaizad, $4.20 off the Maiden Win. Reprisal, $9.50. Kadinsky Abstract, $11. Um, I'll kick us off here. I'm very keen on Brave Mead. Um, I was on him last start. 
he's actually managed to draw the outside barrier twice in his first two runs, even though there's only been a six-horse field in each of them at the Valley. I think it has been really costly. First up, he had a $3.60 SP behind Stepardi. We know Stepardi's a very good horse. Probably just didn't quite run at 1,600 metres in the guineas, but he ran well for third. Then last start, Brave Mead. Mark Zara tried to go forward. Then he went all the way back to try and find some cover. And I just think he did a little bit too much work through the mid-stages to get himself into the race. The big thing here is he draws barrier one. I think he's going to land leaders back behind Kaizad and the Instructor. The Instructor, before last start, everyone sort of had the thought process that the Instructor is this 1,000-meter squib, and he got 1,400 meters in a really low race. And then Kaizad, although he did break his maiden impressively last start, it still was a maiden. I think Brave Mead is looking for 1,400 metres, and I think if you've backed him first up or second up, you've just got to go again. There is a two, bit of $2.70 around. I think it's a very good bet. I think he's one of the better, uh, one of the more likely winning chances of the day. I think he's a good way to start the program. Any thoughts here, Trav, or we just move on to the next? No, I can't disagree with anything that Benny said. Um, he's bang on the money. The horse did do way too much work in the mid-race last time from a wide gate. Uh, he's a horse I've always had a massive opinion of, and I've probably backed him four of his last... Yeah, well, four of his last five. Um, <laughs> and I'm just... Oh, I'm a little bit sick of him, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I just thought he'd do a little bit more than what he did last start. I know Mahaba had a good run against him, but... And he finds a weak race. It's just one of those tough ones. Like, um, you get lots of smart people on the show, you guys as guests, and, you know, sort of recommending to follow up your money. But I always find this hard when I've sort of backed a horse at $2 last start that disappoints me and he finds a suitable race again to butter up at sort of two fifty. Um, he's a horse that you have to tip, but I don't know whether I'm going to bet. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm... I've tried to take a new lease on life since I've come back from Ramwick and trying to be a little bit more disciplined with my punting. And this is uh, this is all part of the learning curve. So I think uh, as much as I probably want to have a bet and try and recoup some of the losses from the last start, I wasn't with him first up, obviously, when Stepati broke his little heart. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think as much as I want to have a bet, I'm not going to... I don't think I'm going to dive in. Bit of soul searching for Nico. Will, yeah. is a no run for you as well, mate? Straight to the keeper. Straight to the keeper. All right, let's move on swiftly to the Norman Robinson or the Neds Classic. 2,000 metres, Group 3 for the three-year-olds. Uh, it is, of course, one of the, the great lead-ups to the derby. Riff Rocket, off the massive win last start, is the $1.45 favourite from Gold Bullion, $6. Aprilia, $9. Sunsets, $10. Uh, you got the stablemate Sun Source at $17. These colours, of course, won the Kunji on Wednesday with Muramasa. Yeah, well, this is short enough, isn't he? Like, he won doing cartwheels and, and everyone saw it. But he's a $1.40 here. Like, I don't know. You can't bet against him. You can't back him. He's just a... to see how the track's playing, I guess. Uh, the only horse I thought maybe was big was, to be frank, but do I want to back anything to beat Roof Rocket, no. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the, the time was real, sectionals were were there and he put five on him. So he's the genuine derby favourite and um, 
I'd be surprised if he's not at the head of betting for the Victoria Derby in what there's a three weeks now. Hmm. So in terms of punting form, he's run overall figure minus nine point three lengths above the all average benchmark. He's run the fastest four to two split of the entire meeting when he really accelerated, and then the second fastest home. He seems a really serious horse. Last start might have been. I don't know if he will get back to that here, but he probably doesn't have to. Looks extremely hard to beat. No. Should I have anything to add? No, you guys have hit the the nail on the head with this horse. He's obviously the horse to beat, and market's telling you that at a dollar forty-five. I would think he he won't rate to the same level he did mm. last start, um, given he's now proven to them that he's obviously a high class horse, and that. Yeah, they want him to peak in the Victoria Derby. They don't necessarily want him to peak here. Um, so I'd say he'd probably be ridden a little bit more conservative from Barrier 1. And he'll still probably take care of them class-wise. I sort of agree with Will. If you're going to pick one horse to sort of jump out of the ground, it's the Ma Eustace-trained horse with the blinkers going on, to be frank, who sort of, when he hit the front at Packenham, had no idea what he was doing. Should have won that race by about five or six. And um, he sort of, yeah, just didn't know how to sort of put the race away so up to 2,000 metres blinkers on I will say if just a very good general punting uh, sort of rule is just to back my Eustace horses blind with the blinkers on you'd be well in front so when they go on for the first time so he's probably the danger I'd make him second pick uh, against Riff Rocket and I yeah maybe could have something small on him at $23 yeah probably I probably could too all right, sweet. Let's move on to the ethereal. This time it's for the girls over 2,000 metres, Group 3. Tropical Squall, the flight stakes winner, been well backed into $1.90. She's got to carry the penalty, 59 kilos, from Autumn Angel, $4.80. Connasana, $7.50, has been a bit of a drifter. Wings of Song, $11. Grinzinger Bell, $17. Coco Sun, $21. And Vaselina, $21. Well, this is the, the Oaks lead up. Um, what do you got to say about this top weight, Trav? The, you tipped her last start, I'm pretty sure, and it was an impressive win. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers, Tropical Squall. I think she didn't get the run or the sort of race to suit in the T-Rose at 1,400 metres. They probably rode her too slowly in front against horses with a better turn of foot, and they finished over the top of her. Corrected that in the grand final when Hippo put the foot down and they couldn't out-sprint her because she was, you know, sort of had those horses off the bit a long way from home. She's by prized icon, so you think probably getting to 2,000 metres won't be an issue on breeding. Of course, he's a winner of Victoria Derby going back a few years. And I think from Barrier 12, she finds the lead comfortably. Yeah, I couldn't tip against her. I do think, though, she's a little skinny at the price against Autumn Angel, who's coming out of the start. You know, we saw that form work out well in the guineas. Um... I'm interested in Will's comments on that because he's, he's not a man that sort of looks for form franking at all. I don't know if that if that means anything to him that those two horses out of the start ran well in a, in a bad guineas. But um, uh, I think she's probably the horse that you've you got to look at here. Daughter of the Autumn Sun, getting to 2,000 metres, fourth up in the preparation, had a good grounding with you know the 1,500 and 1,600 metre lead up. And the big tick for her on Saturday against Tropical Squall is because it's a set weights and penalties race like you touched on, Ben, Tropical Squall with a Group 1 win has to carry 59. Autumn Angel carries 56. When they meet each other in the Oaks, it's back to equal weights because set weights race, you don't get penalised in the Oaks. Um, So her chance, really, to beat Tropical Squall is on 
Saturday. So I think from a price point of view, you could probably suggest that Autumn Angel's a little bit too long against Tropical Squall. Didn't really like anything else in the race. I thought maybe Coco Sun's a big improver out to 2,000 metres, but probably wants back to Flemington. Um, not much else in it, so... I'd probably lean Autumn Angel from Tropical Squall just with the fact that she's maybe more set to really peak here where the other horse is coming off a grand final, having that sort of prelim run before another grand final. So, yeah, probably Autumn Angel for me. Yep. I'm betting up here. <laughs> Tropical Squall, I think she should take care of this lot. Um, I think Autumn Angel <clears throat> is a bit of a grinder. I don't think she's got much of a turn of foot so um, I do respect what you said Trav about her chance to beat her but I don't think I don't think they will I think gay bot horse up to 2,000 metres not going to be going backwards I was filthy of myself I at least didn't have a saver on her last start at $10 where uh, they all shoved uh, my horse three wide and eventually fell out the back of the screen but um, yeah I think Tropical Squall she's Price like a good thing. I think she is a good thing. I think $2 is a fair price. You could probably mark her shorter uh, if I cared to mark the race up. But, um, yeah, I think she's I think she's a very, very easy bet to have. I'll be disappointed if she gets beat. Will? Oh, she just looked like a... I'm, I, was, I did the race and I put in the prices and I thought... I, I was surprised that she wasn't a $1.70. Like, she just seems like a, she's coming off a... Group one win in fast time versus some fillies who are coming through some. I know Autumn Angel comes through the start stakes, but um, yeah, and she she was rousing run and was probably advantage. She had a nice run, but the sectionals were good. But I just thought that a dollar seventy was. I it just sort of seemed like a, a cheap favourite. They could they could put up really really short. Um and not let anyone on but I thought $2 is probably a fair price like if it gets to 220 240 on the day I'm probably going to have a like a a good bet because I think she'll just go roll to the front I don't think I think she just um she just outstayed them that's all it was because she's a she's a staying filly um like Trav said that she she went too slow in the uh, the T-rows and got out sprinted but was was good enough there and then, and then she just she ran along in the flight stakes, and and they could they couldn't sprint with her because she's she's a staying filly. She's bred to stay, and um, I think there'll be some sort of on pace advantage. And there's not a whole lot of speed here outside of Gringzinger Bell, Saxon Beauty, and Tropical Squall. So um, if Autumn Angel, who ha- who who's not the quickest away, if she's three four back the fence, and Tropical Squall's just just rolling along in front with some of the other ones that are. To be honest, they're, they're slow, uh, falling back into her face. I think she just might get away, and she could really put a, a, a space on these. I think she's she's like it's not hard to find. She's a Group One winner, but um, I, I I honestly was surprised that they they're betting black odds. To be honest, um, yeah. But I think Vaseline is a nice filly, but just just not here. I do agree. It's probably a two-horse race. Um, I've already I took the the all-in double riff rocket into Tropical Squall at some better odds, but I will be saving on Autumn Angel because I actually thought even though she was rails in run last start, she was actually a little bit unlucky. She got a fair way back, and then 
got home really strong when it was all over. I don't think 2,000 metres will be an issue for her at all. Um, so yeah, dead set two horse race for me. Connasana, I hate that race that she comes through. And from a long range Oaks perspective, I hope Wings of Song runs all right because we've been tipped it at 100 to one and we're on at a decent price each way. So hopefully she runs all right there. She's a nice right. filly. Let's go to the Gothic Stakes, 1200 meters listed. Dark Halo straight off the maiden win goes bang into $3.10 favorite. J-Mac, bit of intent there. Fasil, $3.20. Don Corleone is $4. Arkansas Kid, $10. Critique, $13. And then you're out to Treasure Way, $26. Longer the rest. Um, what's doing here? There's probably the two favorites both want to go forward here, Trav, I would have thought. Yeah, that's how I've got the race map with Fasil leading Dark Halo. Um, think Dark Halo gets into a lovely spot. Um, he was ridden quite aggressively to lead at Wong. I know, um, you know, he led from the 800 meter mark, and a lot of people sort of have him maybe pigeonholed as a leader off one run. But that track's incredibly tight, Wong, and I think uh, Jason Collett on that occasion just rode him to win the race, not necessarily that's his pattern. So I wouldn't be surprised even if he's one out, one back here and critiques maybe in front of him in the run or Perilius Fido, who's also quite quick. Um, I think it sets up really well for him in the race and probably the other horse it sets up well for is Arkansas Kid and Don Corleone who probably get the last crack. Beautiful. Um, And betting-wise, what do you think you want to be on here? Oh, one horse. Uh, Dark Halo, this is best of the day. Uh, this this horse was very, very impressive at Wyong on debut. As I said, I, th- I sort of think he was ridden outside maybe what his natural pattern is to get the job done. Uh, he trialled sensationally leading into the preparation. Uh, just the way he accelerated there at Wyong, the way he dropped him between the four to the two, sign of a good horse. Uh, then it's soft to the line. Time from like a punting form point of view is not overly quick. Like I thought it might have rated a little bit faster, but then having a look at sort of the ratings, I, I think still pretty good. J Mac for Chris for Kieran Ma, just huge stats on that combination. They go at about thirty six percent strike rate, so uh, market still got them this horse a little bit longer than their strike rate combined at the moment. Um, and I, I just thought he would improve drastically at his second start. And I love that they've sent him down to Melbourne to chase a stakes race. Uh, I won't be surprised if this is the sort of late comer for the Coolmore. Um, Coolmore's a bit wide open this year with Shinzo, Cylinder, obviously top horses, ran well on the Everest, the pair of them. Um, but then you got, you know, Stretton Angel, Lyman, I'm unstoppable. We're not fully sold if they're Group 1 horses. I think there's a horse... Yeah, there's a spot for a horse to sort of come late on the scene, and it could be him. I reckon he'll smack him on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I'd imagine they'll be going to Coolmore straight after. Huge. Yeah, I'm in, in complete agreement. I think he's a very good bet here, Dark Halo. Um, that first win, I know the punting form figure isn't great, but you just have to believe your eyes there. Trav, I was speaking to you early in the week. I think 89 was the weight for age rating. Uh, yeah, I'll get that up. Uh, I reckon it was around 90, which, like, again, it's pretty hard to rate, like, really high um, on those ratings when you're out in the bush. Mm. Um, there's a lot of horses that, because it's just not, there's not, a, like, the class of horse that steps out at Wong every day of the week as there is at, say, Ramwick or, you know, those horses that win their maidens at... Um, the metro track so 
Yeah, I'd say he's, he's certainly got more to offer than that 90 rating, which would put him very competitive in the race here anyway. Yeah, we know, you know, wide barrier, probably going to sit OSL. That's no disadvantage at all around Caulfield with the one turn. I'm pretty keen on him. He looks a really, really nice horse. And the other horse that I just want to be forgiving of is the the number one, drawn one, Arkansas Kid. This horse actually pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia, so put a line straight through his last run. Um, the stable actually said he's come back huge. He, they, they actually rate this horse um, a better type than little bros and a better three-year-old. And I'm happy to forgive him and have something on him as well at, at the double figures. I think he's just going to get that lovely suck run behind a decent tempo here from Barrier 1. Damien Oliver, I think this is him at his best on these sort of stalking Runners, having last crack at him, I'm happy to back one and seven. This race has absolutely done my head in, to be honest. Because <laughs> when you and I were speaking about Dark Halo, Benny, after we knew the information about a few runners that were high up in all the embedding weren't going, I've gone to have my bet, and the markets just disappeared in front of my eyes. And I just yeah, sorry, mate. threw my phone <laughs> straight into space. I said, go and get... $9 was staring at me I'm like oh no now now I'm being asked to take a price far shorter than that but it's probably warranted um, yeah I think he's I don't need to say anything else you boys have covered it all I think he'll be extremely hard to beat um, there's some horses in here that are taking up a bit of market percentage like yeah Facile won well last start but yeah, he's not the most genuine horse ever in the world and Don Corleone always loves to suck up some market percentage well I've had more wins than he has lately so uh, yeah I'd, yeah. if Dark Halo comes out and shows similar if not better than what he showed on debut well they've probably got um, a job of catching him but I'm just shattered that Hedge has gone to the paddock because I would love to have seen what he could have done in this race yeah Will what are your thoughts on this race mate um yeah, the, the the two favourites are coming off just provincial New South Wales sort of maidens and benchmark sixty eight. Uh, both short prices, but um, Dark Haller did win by a space, but the time was nothing special. I mean, I would have liked to see a little bit more to have it this short. And I just thought Arkansas Kid, like you, Ben, just the betting to twelve dollars still. I think eleven dollars maybe. Um, yeah, like this horse had genuine excuses. First up, it was 17s into $12 Betfair SP. And, like, it's got genuine form. It was on, spe- on speed in a strongly run slipper. Stayed on well behind Cylinder, Shinzo, and those sorts of ones. I thought he was an easy sort of horse to forgive. And if he runs to his two-year-old form, he's like he's he's, he's up to this, up to this grade, up to his ears. It's like a... Spe- you know, like... It, it's it's pretty it's it's not you can go two ways with these sorts of horses like Dark Haler you could be coming out and declaring him like Travis which is a hundred percent fair enough because he could he could be that much better than these it's not funny but you could also say well he's come out and won a, a provincial maiden so you got to you got to have some sort of opinion and um I, I guess I'm deciding that I'd rather be conservative rather than um saying that he's going to take the next step so. Um, I'm just deciding to prove and form and until I see otherwise, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm just com- com- comfortable being with Arkansas Kid who's got the runs on the board at, at, a, at a much bigger price. I just thought he should be a 
seven, six, seven dollars around that sort of mark, just roughly. Yeah, if you if you can forgive him for last start, which I think you definitely can, probably looks overs for sure. All right, let's go to the thousand guineas prelude. Uh, 1,400 metres for the three-year-old fillies. We know next start they'll be going to 1,600 metres in the big one with the race moved back in the calendar. Inhibitions, draws well in two. $5 favourite from Lovely Looking, the Adelaide Horse, equal $5. Coe Volant, awesome last start, $5.50. Azula, $10. Uh, Moesha, $10. Bossy Nick, $11. Oz Empress, $12. Apache Song, $14. Yeah, this is a massive field here. Yeah, it's an interesting race because you've got the South Australian filly who's bred to be pretty good, but she she's coming off a, a win versus the older horses over 12.50 at Morfittville. It was a really slowly run race, and, and it was a, a leader's bias track that day at Morfittville, but she ran the last 400 metres as, as quick as they, they, they come home, and... Um, she just, she just screams of being a good filly, but she's got to step up here and she's going to find a much higher pressure race. So again, it's it's an, it's an opinion horse. You've got to have an opinion on these sorts of horses, and I'm I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I, I'm I've, she's probably a little bit big for me at the moment. I think I'm against Coevolante. I think I think she's a a really nice filly, but what do they do in a semi final from from gate seventeen? I'm saying. They take their medicine, and, and I think she was suited by the really strong pace in the um, the race at Mooney Valley. Um, and inhibitions, I'm not sure she's she, she's she'd love 1400 meters, but she's she's there or thereabouts either way. Um, the horse that I thought was a little bit big was Vivier, whose whose last 400, I think it was Ballarat. The format of that race has been good, and um, the last 200 there was about five above for the last last 200 meters. So. Yeah, like I, if, if lovely looking at six dollars. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably betting and just taking taking the gamble that she's, um, she can. Uh, cope with and that extra bit of pressure and sprint off it, um, and, and she can make the improvement in in a high pressure race against better horses, and um, and I'll probably have something small on Vivier who's probably. Just a little, just slightly big, um, as well. Yeah, Trav, bit of a tricky race. Any firm opinions here? Not anything really firm. I, I take Will's point with lovely looking. She was awesome, winning at Morfittville. Ran really fast last four hundred meters uh, relative to the day. And oh, to my looks, of Philly probably going to handle fourteen hundred meters. But yeah, she was, then she's she, got the. She'll stay like she's like borderline being a stayer. She's American Pharaoh out of a. Galileo, man. Yeah, yeah. So you you got those ticks, and obviously the Andrew Glaw stable, you know, used to be with Leon McDonald. Have had very very good history travelling horses to Melbourne in these sort of three rod races over a long period of time. So there's ticks there. I just think she's probably well found at the price, given she's still got to travel, whereas a lot of these horses are in their own backyard. Corvalant was the horse that interests me the most. Your filly, Benny. I think she's a top-class filly, but what do mm. they do from the gate? Like, it's probably the worst draw possible at 1,400 metres Caulfield for a horse that's going to sit back in the field because it just means they have to go right back. Um, and, you know, she's maybe going to be caught deep in a race where there's a, looks to be plenty of speed. 
I kept looking at one horse here and, and thinking, gee, you didn't have a lot of luck last start at the Valley, and that's Zorion. Mickey D takes the ride, Nick's favourite rider. Um, <laughs> I, half looked at, I half looked at this horse, and then I saw he was riding, and I said, no, I can't fucking back this. <laughs> oh. oh, I like Mickey. He's one of mine. Uh, he, Anyway, this horse, uh, Zorion... I thought just the first up run, she had absolutely no luck at the Valley at key stages. Sort of got bumped on the turn, was held up when a few other horses inside of her were, you know, sort of moving into the race. And then when you get cop a big bump like that, sort of 175 out from the finish, you're never going to explode late. And I thought she did an okay job to finish where she was. $23. Um, I think that's probably too big on what I saw from her New Zealand stuff and she gets an okay run here on the map the other horse that semi-interests me was Bossy Nick but tough tough race yeah I've got no real opinion in the race but I thought um, with a few other horses sort of un un well with a few unknowns I thought the horse that I don't know if she's much good but Azulia could just cop as a picnic in front we know what happens with these gay bot horses sometimes and they get left alone in front and they can nick off uh, on or before the corner and steal it um, she's got a solid SP in the, is it the JJ Atkins $5.50 SP against King Colorado who a lot of people rave on about um, yeah, we running out of Cox super, yeah well I don't know I think it's a it's a good enough line to draw I don't think she's definitely the worst here she's going to get left alone in front and yeah if you like King Colorado well she was back to beat him one day so I don't know something for interest for the punters out there but yeah I don't think I won't be having a bet I reckon Covalent is better than these but the setup I admit is awful like her last start win was that of a very good horse just like she should have won by she should have won by two I reckon um, she was held up held up Blake Shin actually had a fall earlier on in the night and balls of steel just taking gaps <laughs> even though what's happened early in the night he's just taking gaps through the whole field outstanding win um, I think she's very good I think you know, we, we're going to see commemorative and some real, other really nice fillies but I think she's well in the picture of a thousand guineas do I want to back her here not really sure. If she gets out to seven, eight dollars because the map is a hard against her, then I probably will end up having something small on her and just hope that she can come with that last run. Uh, and then, but I probably I've already had something small on on Vivier as well. This horse ran the fastest last two hundred meters of the entire meeting last start. I know it was a low meeting and it was a slow tempo, so she was entitled to. But still, to come home nearly 11, 11 flat, um, yeah, I, I think she's a very talented filly and. Nearly thirty to one seems seems a big price for her. So those are the two I'm interested in, but probably not a big betting race. All right, let's go to race six. It is the Caulfield Sprint or the McCafe Sprint. Good on McCafe for getting their name over the registered name there. Group two, thousand meters handicap. Spacewalk is the two dollar forty favorite from Lofty Strike two dollars ninety. General Bow six dollars. Generation eight dollars. Dual ten dollars. Indian Pacific seventeen dollars. The likely leader Midwest has just been scratched not too long ago. So what are our thoughts here in the speed now? Just Indian Pacific? General Bow wants to go forward, so does Duel, so does Generation. Spacewalk and Lofty Strike probably sit out the back, I'd imagine. Mm. So Generation, uh, General Bow 
we'll try and hold a spot from one and Indian Pacific and Dual probably want to kick up two and Generation probably just sits off them in the 1-1 one, one. Yeah. I'd imagine yeah I'd say Indian Pacific leads from two he's just got he's only got one real big asset that's yeah. his early speed and Dual probably sits so, outside him yeah probably sits out and you're probably right General Bo gets the the box seat Generation the 1-1 one, one. And Jamie's sort of tracking generation with Ollie probably at the tail on lofty strike. Just can't see him being quick enough to even be anywhere but last in the first sort of part of the race. He's just one of these horses who takes a while to build into into the sort of stride, and I'd say he'd be back last, the, the toppy. Not even the first think, part of the race. He'd be struggling to keep up the whole freaking race. <laughs> I think our, our opinions are going to be very divided here, Travi. So I reckon we go to you first. Who do you like in the race? Well, I'm potting lofty strike. I just don't think a thousand metres is his his go. Um, And I'm a little bit concerned on what I saw at the jump outs. I I know those jump outs were on soft ground, and he doesn't completely love soft ground. But I just thought he's probably not coming into it as sharp as he was leading into the Rubiton. Like, he trialled enormous leading into the Rubiton stakes and looked absolutely cranked up to go first up. I wonder whether they're looking champion sprint winter bottom, needs a group one. Uh, he's obviously extremely well-bred. Wonder whether they'd, yeah, just like champion sprints, what, three weeks from Saturday, winter bottoms another three or four weeks after that. So just, yeah, I reckon he's he's maybe 85% here. I could be wrong, but uh, that's just the angle I'm playing. And I couldn't, couldn't back him to beat some of these short courses. I thought this spacewalk's an absolute moral. Um, I love that Midwest has come out of the race because now he's got less chases. Um, or Leicester Chase, I should say. I think he just positions in behind the speed. And Jamie just holds him up for as, as long as she can until she has to let the detonator rip, which I'm hoping is at the 200 because he's got a very good 200-metre turn of foot. And I think James has worked him out. Um, he's finally gone bang-bang at his last two, and his win first up at Warwick Farm. He won by 1.6, but it should have probably been 4.5. J-Mac sort of throttled him the last bit. Um, I think he's come back. Oh, I make some silly s- s- comments sometimes, but I think he's come back ready to win a Group 1, this horse. Uh, maybe not this preparation, but maybe next prep in the Oakley Plate, I think you'll see the absolute best of him. He's always been a horse with a lot of ability. Remember that day at Flemington, he beat home Bornos Not Chess um, and lost it on protest. So One of the worst the upheld protests you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he's always had the ability, and I just think maybe the trip away to Brisbane has been a bit of the making of him, and he's just come back with that big win first up, possibly career best. Now he, he sets him for a Group 2. I know it's not the, it's not the hardest Group 2 in the world, but you know, I just think this is some really good placement. The other thing, I'll, I'll bring this up with James Cummings, is his stats at Caulfield are outrageous. Um Last 12 months, James Cummings at Caulfield. Uh, I reckon he had five winners on Caulfield Guineas Day last year alone. Yep, it, w- it would be good. So last 12 months, Caulfield, he is... It wasn't six, Benny. Mm. He's <laughs> 17, 17 runners, six winners. Last That doesn't seem right. That seems a little bit low. But anyway, I, I remember the stats from a little while ago. They were, they were very, very good at Caulfield and I reckon that has a big impact on James's runners at the Heath you saw red cards smashed two starts ago when she was down here and I think uh, 
the market will just absolutely grab hold of this horse. I reckon he'll start at dollar eighty. Yeah. Do we know when he was um, gelded? Because that's probably been you know we, you, you guys are saying on your podcast he's a bit of a head case. Maybe he's got those problems solved. I'll have a look. I'm pretty sure it was before the start of the prep. Anyway, if it was before the start of this prep, I'm even keener. Well, he definitely was gelded last start. I know that. Yeah, it hasn't happened after last start, really. Anyway, it's not listed on the gear changes when it's happened, so I'm not entirely sure there. Anyway, I'm I'm keen. Best of the day as well. Um, I didn't back him first up, much to my own disgust. But this horse was smashed into a. I backed that cat extremely oh. lucky. <laughs> but anyway, we move on. Um, this horse was a dollar seventy into a dollar forty-five. He treated them with absolute contempt. Ran the fastest last four hundred of the meeting easily. Ten point eight final two hundred meters. Monster. Ten links above final six hundred. And I think this is him. Thousand meters, eleven hundred meters. Kept on the sort of fresh side. Um, <clears throat> gets in with a fifty-three kilos here. And I just want to be so hard against Lofty Strike here. I thought he was changing lead legs, doing everything wrong in his in his um, jump outs. Don't think he's a thousand meter horse, and I don't think he's six kilos better horse than Spacewalk. Once you know, at the end of this prep, I don't think we'll be saying he's a six kilo horse, six kilo better horse. So I think Spacewalk uh, will just stalk the speed, probably be you know fourth or fifth in the run, and we'll just wallop them down the outside. I thought Generation was really unlucky last start, and if he's ever going to win a race, maybe it's here when he gets the suck run. Craig Williams, tactical genius from from Barrier 4, but Spacewalk really, really keen. Lofty strike, lay of the day. Yep, uh, I'm definitely singing from the same hymn book. I think Spacewalk's a a complete moral. Um, Yeah, this horse has definitely come back super. Um, I don't need to trumpet, but I was very keen on this horse. Uh, first start, and I was duly rewarded. Um, <laughs> I just think what price did you get? Well, you didn't get a you didn't get a dollar forty five. I backed a dollar eighty. I backed him at a dollar eighty five last start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think he's come back super. Um, he's a horse who I've always had a bit of an opinion of. Um, you take out a few twelve hundred meter runs, and his record definitely looks a little bit better than what it is. I think, as you said, Trav, they've worked out that he's an 1,100 metre horse, he's had the snip now ultimate gear change um, yeah I think we're only getting a touch better odds because he's got Jamie Carr on his back if he had 54 kilos and J-Mac was on him well he's probably deep in the red but um, albeit Jamie's not going well her ability is going to come back and she is going to hit form at some point in time Like she's due way... hey? <laughs> she's due well, she's just got to hold on, but the only way this only way this spacewalk will get beat is if she falls off. <laughs> Lofty strikes going nowhere near as good as I was running down the Kuji beach last weekend. He is going completely <laughs> horrific at the trials, and I don't think he's I don't, he's a horse who this is going to fire butt up. I don't think he's this superstar what some people perceive Lofty strike like he's one of Rubiton beating Uncommon James who. Uh, He's probably a little bit overrated as well. Um, he showed that up last week. So, yeah, I think Lofty Strike's still got to show a bit uh, to warrant the hype that he's got and other horses in behind are making up the numbers. So, yeah, I, I think as long as Jamie stays on her ass on the horse, I think we'll win. 
I think it beat I Wish I Win from memory, but, you know, anyway. Well, there's a difference between beating horses in the pack spot and sticking your fucking neck out when it matters. <laughs> I can I can beat I can beat Christian Petrarca on the TAM, but it doesn't mean I'm going to win the race. <laughs> It's oh, no different. God. I'd like to I see run pa- you, you can, <laughs> We can pin him to the ground, Trav, and I'll run past him. It's, uh, yeah, well, that, that's true. Unless your number's in the frame, it's irrelevant what happens. <laughs> it's completely relevant, but anyway. Um, well, it's Bo- not. You're going to tip your boyfriend here? Go on. Yeah, I'll, Before I'll, I'm Bob gets to Lofty Strike, the gelding operation with uh, Spacewalk, I did some research. It happened at the start of last preparation. So I think, yeah, maybe going to Queensland's been the making of him. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm obviously backing Generation. Um, yeah, not Lofty, he's backing Generation. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's very trendy, isn't he? Like, Spacewalk. Like, he's... I get it. Like, the, the, the last 400 is enormous. And, and he could be this... He could come back and be a Group 1 sprinter. But he's not. He's He's... His his spacewalk and his two fifty, it just doesn't seem right to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, I've seen. I, I just it just feels wrong to me. Spacewalk is two fifty for some of these. I think he's like Lofty Strike can trial as bad as he wants, but he's still favourite here, is he not? Like he's he beat. I wish I win. No, we all disagree. So don't try and make us agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, like he can trial as as poorly as he possibly can, and he's like, we're talking about actual race race day pressure. And I, I agree. I, I hate a thousand meters for him. I think he's more strength than brilliance. But uh, regardless, I still think he has to be favourite. Um, but yeah, generation. I just think he's is big. Like I thought he was. Enormous. He was. He was. He got checked behind Imperatriz. The margins might have been a little bit. Um, yeah, it's inflated. Yeah, I, 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 no, like n- not inflated. Like the, it was. It was easy to keep up just to the way the the track was playing. Um, but at the same time, like his his form is is good. Like the, the, in this race last year, he got beaten by Asfora and and Kalos, and 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 the. And the start before that, he, he was fourth in the Moya behind Cool and Gatta, Bella Niptina, and Zustar. So you know what I'm hearing, but a lot of Tell beatens me. by, beatens by, beatens <laughs> by. <laughs> well, Spacewalks won four from sixteen. He's not exactly a winner. He's won his last two. two. Yeah. Oh, well, That's you've won more races than generation of late, old son. <laughs> Okay. Are we moving on? Yeah, move on. We need to Please. pick up sectionals here. Yeah, we do. We oh, do. Well, you're kicking up for bloody generation, and his last win was back in 2002, for fuck's sake. I tell you what, Race you do seven. have a friend there, Will. Nick. Nick's kicking up for generation big time. I can't believe. He's walked in Wednesday when the acceptances came out and just said, it's immoral. So you've got a friend there. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you might have a few friends. All right, Tristark. Race 7, Group 2, over 1,400 metres, Say Magique comes up to this trip for the first time. Three dollars sixty favourite from Skew If. Um, couldn't even couldn't even get in the barriers last start. Bit of a head case. Four dollars sixty. Waltz on by five fifty. Rotarataki six dollars. Coldeye ten dollars. And Madame Pomery eleven dollars. I right. reckon the last time they 
teamed up, J-Mac and Madame Pomerie, they might have won a 1,000 guineas here. Yeah, well, we're picking up the sections here. Madame Pomerie is obviously a bet. Like, it's just stupid. How's it How's it $12? It's drawn Barry 1, got J-Mac on, and it threw its head off at the back of the Epsom last time, and and it stretched Pericles first up. It'll sit box seat here, and, and it, it's forethought Waller. Like, it's it's just, how's it $12? Okay. Doesn't make any sense. Yes, it's like it's like it's like borderline favourite, is it not? Like same as G. Like I've got it. What like price a, have you marked it, Madame Pomery? Yeah, six dollars. I've got I've got same as G favourite four thirty. But like I don't I don't love fourteen hundred metres for it. And and there's there's got it. It's like it's living off that one run in the Coolmore. What price you got right to Arataki marked? Six ten. So exactly market. But I, I reckon I reckon it's like a a three horse race because. I skew whiffs numbers in New Zealand aren't, aren't all that good, and she's going to be held down by this beating Legato factor when Legato was yeah. so unlucky. Yeah, I think it's a three-horse race, but like Madame Pomery is just it just sticks out like it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's got J Mac drawn yeah. one. I, I like can it. have a, I can have a small bet on it as well. I no, think have a J-Mac big bet, Ben. Have a big bet. All right, big boy, big boy <laughs> bet then. <laughs> Barrier one, Chris Wallart. Fourth up, you know, James McDonald. I think they'll try and be positive. I'm not sure if she has the early gate speed to be as positive as they want to, but she just looks a little bit over the odds for me. I think you can forgive her last few. Her first up run was outstanding when she just missed Pericles. So, yeah, it looks a little shade of overs for me. Top of the market, just a little bit icky as favourites. Trav? Yeah, I know. I thought top of the market deserved to be there. Uh, same magic. I thought was good in the Gilgai behind one of the most informed sprinters in Victorian Star Patrol and skew if I, I know what you guys are saying that the New Zealand maybe numbers don't convert completely but still horses flying um, jump yeah. out at Cranbourne couldn't have been hotter and she gets a lovely run for I reckon one of the most underrated jockeys like by the market in Victoria Opie Boston like I, he's so good um, doesn't make many mistakes so I'll I'll probably just stick with those two, but that's that's a, probably a boring take on the race. You might just yeah, well, your, get the uh, your issue Nick your Newman's. issue with uh, Skewiff will be uh, getting in the gates. She's a little fucking yeah. hothead. You might just want to get Nico's yard tick with Skewiff first because she can fizz up, I reckon. Yeah, well, I suppose the benefit with a horse like her is if she does play up, you get you get your money back because she's getting scratched. So, yeah. <laughs> for what it's worth, okay. I can definitely come with uh, with Madame Pomery with you boys, but I thought Rotarataki. Hasn't done a whole lot wrong this preparation, all by the 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 run second up. She's ran super super first up against Benedetta and Parasol over a trip short of her best, and then last start um, she ran so so well against Life Lessons and Princess Grace. Um, yeah, I just think fourth up here she's going to roll forward. She's not going to have too much uh, too much company, I don't think. And I and I thought. Yeah, I thought she could run a, a, a cheeky race. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, but I, I didn't really want much of Saint Magique. I don't know. I, I got my question marks on her, but, yeah, I respect uh, Skew If, but still, she's she's a bit of a hothead. She beats me, she beats me sort of thing. Waltz on by is probably the real big hole in the market. She's no fucking good. All right. Nico and uh, Bot agreeing on something. That is a world first. Let's go to race <laughs> eight. It is the yeah. Munga Stakes. Over fourteen hundred meters, number. She's uh she's been very very consistent. She's a a good mare. She's been backed into two dollars seventy favorite with the big scratching of Altivo going to Sydney. 
from Buffalo River. I think he's on the quick backup. $5.50. Times Square, $7. Climbing Star, $7.50. Umgawa, $9. Cause for concern, $9.50. Trav, we were very keen on the Hawks runner, but he's out. So what now? Yeah, cry. Um, that's, <laughs> I thought it was the best bet of the day, Altivo. Race set up perfectly for him with Buffalo River screaming along out in front. So I went trying to look for the, the other horse that it probably sets up okay for, and he did tick the 1,400-metre box in the winter, and he comes through the Gill Guides. Probably cause for concern. Um, very consistent, this horse. Uh, you know, I just... I like the way that Sean's sort of looking at these sort of lower class group two, group three races. This is great placement. Um, he's got a nice lead in, sort of being two weeks between runs, going from that Gill guy into the 1,400 metres here. B. Allen, one of my men. And I think you'll just stalk the speed and probably one of the stronger horses late in the finish, $10. Uh, from each way perspective, that'll get me. I love the buff, but five fifty is probably his right price. Mm. Anything, boys, or are you moving on? Yeah, nothing for no. me. No, Nunthorpe yeah. was, was probably big, but it's 9% firmer, and it's just like it couldn't back anything to bet, I don't think. Her Achilles heel might be Buffalo River here. Yeah, yeah. She might just saying. get barbecued. Yeah. She's had us some slowly run races, and Buffalo River might just turn it on its head. Yeah. Hopefully Wiz can get the winner, because uh, he's DJing at the Emerson after, and uh, he'll be in a good mood if he gets a winner. <laughs> Hot off the press. All right, let's move on to the big one. Caulfield Cup, Group 1, 2,400-metre handicap. Gold trip, will he run, won't he run? He's $5 favourite from Sulcombe, six fifty. West Wind blows $7. Without a fight, notification came through this afternoon. Bit of lameness, $7.50. Breakup, nine fifty. Valiant King, $12. Montefilia, 13 Huyamel, 16 uh, Will and Trav, bit of pace here. Stacks. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a great thing for the race because the thing with this race is um, I think the form it, like it's easy to get the like it, it, it's easy to get like really right for the market because like for last year they had the main lead up in a slowly run race and the form was all icky like Smoke and Roman started favourite in a Caulfield Cup because of the slow run race so that the main lead ups were slowly run and it was all sort of subjective but it's but it's just it's it looks pretty clear cut to me like it's there's there's no there's no real opinion here like if you don't have gold trip west wind blows and the other ones at the top of market like what are you doing mm. like, like last year you could really be against um smoke and romans but yeah Trav, what are your thoughts on the race mainly i think you're pretty keen here yeah i think it's a a very good Caulfield Cup um, quality addition, but uh, there's one horse here that's just completely beaten the ha- handicapper, and I just think has the right profile to come here and win straight off the plane. That's Valiant King, uh, Joseph O'Brien. I'd say arguably the best traveller of horses anywhere in the world. Gets them just to run to new peaks when they get off a plane. You know, think of State of Rest, think of Rekindling, think of Twilight Payment. Um, even horse like Downdraft who won a Mooney Valley Cup and this horse Valiant King comes here with really good form I'm going to forgive last start he had mucus um, in the kill turn and stakes he had a very good SP in that race and that race was used by Tiger Moth a couple of years ago to run second in a Melbourne Cup so it's usually a very decent race um, prior to that he runs second of Vorban which is the run everyone's sort of talking about of course Vorban short price favourite in the Melbourne Cup 
he sort of had his back and kept coming at him to the line. I thought the run prior was the more the run that's really selling me on him, though, was his run at Royal Ascot in the big field King George stakes, where he finished behind uh, Desert Hero narrowly. Desert Hero then went out, won a Group 3 or Group Race, and then ran third in the English St. Ledger behind Continuous, who's rated, you know, not without a shot in the Japan Cup. So um, I think the form lines are really, really good. You get 50 kilos, so, you know, all of his ratings are obviously coming off weights of sort of 57 at his last couple. He drops to 50, so you gotta you got to think he should elevate on that, and he's been set for the race, bought by Australian interests, and I thought the map works out perfect for him. There's a bit of speed on in front, and he's probably going to love midfield. Jamie just has to find a gap, uh, and I think he'll be finishing really strong. The more I look at the race, the confident I get i think he you could make a case he should be favorite um yeah i thought the 17 dollars that was getting shopped after the barrier draw is gone uh he's now what 12 dollars, and i'll expect the money to keep coming i reckon he starts seven hmm. all right i'm first look at this race i wanted to be so much with without a fight i think he's a bit of a freak and he could you know, graduate as that next wait for age star of the Australian ranks. I was there for his Q22 win on Stradbroke Day. It was awesome. It was arrogant, off a pretty decent tempo. He just lapped him up, went straight past him. He almost hit the front too soon at the 400. But just that lameness issue, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Hopefully he does run. I'm keen on him. I thought West Wind Blows was awesome last start in the Turnbull, riding a really fast tempo. And for him to still be... You know, only beaten less than two lengths by Gold Trip there. Outstanding. He's going to get a, a Grouse map here from Barrier 2. I respect Valiant King. Um, and the other one I just don't want to forget is Francesco Guardi. I think he can be the big improver. I know Barrier 15 is an icky draw, 2,400 metres Caulfield. Like, Caulfield Cup can be a good race for, for horses that are, get a good map and be near enough to the speed. But... J-Mac, $17, Waller. I just don't want to completely forget him. Remembering back to that Mooney Valley Gold Cup win last year on Cox Plate Day, he's crying out for the ground, and, yeah, I just don't want to fully put the pen through him. So I'm working around four horses at the moment. Yeah, I respect uh, the Francesco Gardi thing. I just, I just don't know. I think he just, I think he's looking for two miles now. I do respect what you're saying. Like J Max certainly got the keys to him. He's had four sits on him for three wins and a and a second. So uh, J Mac down to 54 kilos as well. Uh, he could be the right man for the job. I've got a ticket on West Wind Blows as a few of the listeners hopefully followed me in when I tipped it at about 17 to one. I've currently got the ticket in my bedroom ready to piss on it because I don't think it can win with Spencer on it. <laughs> I've fully thought that we'd have a, a, an Australian jockey on him. I'm not convinced Jamie Spencer's a very good jockey outside of his own backyard. Um, and until proven otherwise, I'm going to keep that uh, mindset. So, yes, I'm on him, uh, but I'm not one bit confident. He'll probably fall off. I am with... I don't want to lose on the race with this number three break-up, this Japanese horse. Um albeit its form is slightly better over further, but I just 
from what I'm hearing, like he's got his forms is just as good as Murder Glass, but we know what that happened. Know what happened when he came for a Caulfield Cup. These Japanese horses just need to be respected. It's going to be firm ground. Um, he's not racing the absolute elite that he races in his own backyard. As long as he's travelled over here well, 55 kilos on his back. Frosty knows what to do with these Japanese horses. So, yes, I know it might be a pipe opener for the Melbourne Cup, but I still think with a soft draw, Frosty on firm ground, I don't want to be losing if he's winning. And, yeah, I just think the the best local hope, I've, I sort of want to be against Gold Trip, um, even if he runs. I just I know he was super last start, but, yeah, I, I'm not convinced he's going to run to start with. So, like, I've sort of done the race with him there. The local hope that I want to be with is Sulcum. Um, I think he's been trained to the minute. This horse uh, has come back a completely different horse. This time in, he's Waller's trained to turn the foot into him. Um, the big thing for him is the start. I don't think it's going to help his cause if he misses the kick again, which is, he's probably deep odds on to do that, but... Um, yeah, I just think he's been trained at the minute. He's got 53.5 kilos on his back, and I I did hear something on the airways today that did excite me. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be with Sulcum. Um, hopefully Willow's not having to have a shock him over type run, ducking and weaving, and he's only going to get there in the shadows. But, um, yeah, that's the way I'm playing the race. Will? Uh, yeah, it's a great race. I probably want to... Uh... Two horses that I'll, I'll back are uh, Tuya Mal, who's um, could be a 17, 16 to 1 chance disguise. I mean, uh, sorry, a 6 to 1 chance disguise at a 16 to 1 chance. Um, people looking for the international runner, well, this is it. It's ran second in the Epsom Derby and hasn't exactly been given the opportunity to to run to, to his form. I think, like, he, he was the Melbourne Cup last year was I, I might be wrong but I think it was the, the highest liquidity race in Australian racing is that do you, is that right Trav do you reckon yeah it sounds about right it's usually yeah. a very very big betting race yeah especially last year with the um, the bet R stuff and all that and all that sort of stuff and he, he was 21 to $13 real late in betting for the Melbourne Cup last year um, he's had a couple runs over 1,600 metres, stepped up to, to 1,900 last time, and I thought he was good. The, the time's soft, but I think what he needs is a, a strongly run mile and a half, and, and he gets that here. He gets a, a good map, and um, this this horse runs second in the Epsom Derby. This, this is proper form. Um, he's belted up the fav- or the second favourite, West Wind Blows, on mo- two times, beaten him by combined 15 and three-quarter lengths. And I just think it's a pretty simple and easy bet to have. If he runs to his form, then he's he's well and truly um, big. And the other horse I think is big is Francesco Guardi, who's a a Frankel out of a half to Trev. So you know who Trev is? She won the Arc de Triomphe twice. And it's actually raced over a mile and a half in Australia at least twice. And both times it fell over and almost won. And won the Mooney Valley Cup by about 1,500 metres. So I think J-Mac going on. It's got barrier 15, which is an ideal, but it's also got J-Mac. So I'm, I'd, I'd like to back him to figure it out. 
So I, I really, I really like Francesco Guardi. I think he he's the one that really could explode. Um, and and West Wind blows. I think is I think he should be favourite. Uh, I think that the Turnbull was run to suit a horse like Gold Trip, and um, maybe it will be again. But I think I think it just might play a little bit on pace on Saturday. And and West Wind blows. The problem with him is he 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 was people will say he's four wide no cover. Well, the reason he was four wide no cover is because he jumped further back than midfield and he had to work and, and uh, Spencer like really pushed him along and he wanted to be in that outside lead position um, and the reason he he got the how he got there was because he was four wide so you know what I mean like if he if he's slow away again it's a big field handicap so if he gets locked away three back three two three back defense I think it could be just about all over for him but he's obviously the the form horse on speed probably unsuited and now gets um, now gets hit, now he's suited and yeah I, I've got him just about market price so at the, at the moment I'm back in Francesco Guardi and uh, who you know but but yeah it's a, it's a great race and um, it's just a, yeah it's a it's a really good betting race alright $100 betting strategy mate we'll start with you 50-50 uh, yeah 50-50 Trav yeah I marked without a fight favourite in my market I am worried about these lameness concerns, though. Um, can, so they, I'm, I'm, can they be jumping at shadow sometimes with the internationals? Yeah, they can be sometimes, but he's been down here in Australia and raced here, mm. which is my little, you know, sort of caveat on that. Those same vets probably saw him at Caulfield. So mm. um, that's, I don't know, we'll see. You know, you, you're back in the, the stable if he's right to run, um, and you're back in the vets. I'm sort of one person who doesn't have the big problem that a lot of other people do with that sort of stuff because, you know, connections to the stable are always going to push their case that their horses sound. The vets are doing it independently. And you know what? You never know whether a horse realistically is right to run until push comes to shove under race day conditions. I'd rather they're in the box um, okay for us for a sport rather than, you know, what's happened in some Melbourne Cups. So... Um, that's a little rant. I don't know what I was going on about there. But anyway, uh, $100 on the Caulfield Cup betting strategy. Let's just uh, make it simple. Valiant King, $100 straight out. Gee, that's a nice collect. Nico? Uh, I'm going to go with 40 breakup, 60 Sulcum. All right. I'm going to be real brave here. I'm going to go 40 without a fight, 30 West Wind Blows, 15 Valiant King and 15 Francesco Guardi. All right, let's move on to the last. We'll fly through it. The Alingi Stakes, Viviane. She's been up longer than Lionel Richie. She's $2.70 favourite from Hypothetical, $5. Uh, $6 Gennady, H2O, $12. Willinga Beast, $12. Miss Middle Park, $12. Nico. I'm enormously keen in this race. I think I've got this race down to two chances. Um... The first one, which is one of the better bets on the day here, is hypothetical. She gets here third up. Uh, where she goes best, third up, last preparation. She has paid $5 against Zapateo, beating a length. Uh, she goes best for Ben Mullum, who's riding as good as most at the moment. Um, so I'm happy to be uh, in her corner. And I think the only other danger in this race is the Adelaide Visitor. H2O. The Jollies don't bring them over here for a haircut. Second up, last preparation. Um, I may or may not have backed it over the Flemington Carnival. Um, it ran well first up. It actually beat home hypothetical in that race back in Adelaide. Um, 
it gets Willow here from an inside draw is going to be up near enough to the speed. I, I thought the race was down to those two. I didn't really want to buy Vivienne. I think she's been up forever and she's got to put in a bad one sooner or later. She's priced um, short enough, I think. And yeah, I'm, I'm extremely keen to have the two bets in the race. Um, and I'll be pretty disappointed if I'm losing. Yep. Trav, Will, any bets or shouldering arms? No, nah, nothing. No, nah, nothing for me. thought this one of the harder races. Yeah, same. I thought Vivian possibly hard to beat, but I just the market's caught on to her now, and she's long, deep in the prep. So if anything, I might come with Nico late in the day. All right, Nico, quickly, anything around the grounds? You got two at Randwick? I just got two at Randwick, yeah. Um, well, two bets that I want to mention another horse. Um, it's not something that I normally do, but I'm having a bet in the first year. Uh, I didn't back Blue Illusion on debut, uh, but everyone knows the raps they had on this colt. Um, obviously, first day at the races, he can be forgiven. He, Yes, he won his jump outs in the lead-up, but they were in slow time. I'm just happy to forgive that he did it all wrong uh, first day at the races, which you, you can't be too hard on a horse. Um, the raps on him that day, like, yes, he was, you know, as short as $2 at some points, out to $2.80 at the jump. I think he's had a good tick over uh, in between runs. He gets back up to Sydney here, back around the bend, and he's the only horse with race experience. And so many times you'll see a race where there'll be a favourite who's a debutant, and it's, its nearest dangers had a, had a race start. And I just don't think sometimes the market factors in... Um, how big it can be for a horse to have been in the races and know what it's about. Uh, so, yeah, I just think he's a stupid price, especially if you backed him on debut. I think you're, you're dumb if you don't back up again. But for someone who didn't back, I think he's a fantastic bet at $8 against, yeah, there's some horses in here that are well-bred and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I just think you have to have something on Blue Illusion. It's not somewhere that I normally like to have a bet in these two-year-old races with so much unexposed form, but I just think he's just the easiest bet to have so I'm going to have something on him and I'm going to go to the fourth race and this could be one of the better bets around the country on Saturday Marquess um, this horse is absolutely flying uh, he simply can't do any more than what he is He's there's people out there that could, should probably say that he should be unbeat in this preparation um, I disagree with that I think he's only defeat how good are you that is he just was simply outridden but uh, only not get off and deep into preparation but I don't think it's as relevant with horses that get out over a trip I think uh, Zed Mac just has to hold on get him in the right position I just think he's just better than this lot promises kept us in there but he's a horse that uh, sounds like he's got his fair share of issues and they're taking a bit of time with him but and it's probably too short for him anyway but uh, yeah, I just think he's the fit horse. He's the horse in form. He's the horse who likes sticking his neck out first past the post more often than a few of these here. So I, I can't see any reason why he shouldn't just be winning again. I think $2 is a fair price. You could mark him pretty short if you wanted to. Yep, and I'm going to make it a trio of blue jackets here. With race five, commemorative, the filly, number 12. She's the favourite for the 1,000 guineas. I think she can kick off on a massive winning note here. Gets in with the 52 kilos. Her debut doesn't get any more impressive. I think she rated 94 on the weight for edge scale. 
as Travis said, to rate that high against you know debutante grade is enormous, and she's a big, big gross filly who gets him with such a light weight here. So I'm pretty keen on her. It's aggressive placement straight to benchmark 78, but it is only against the girls, and I think she's pretty special. She might get back from barrier nine over 1,200 metres, but I think she's very, very good. The only other bet I wanted to have is on Sunday. The champ is back at the races at Sha Tin in Hong Kong. Lucky Swainess and Victor the winner go head-to-head again in the big rematch. Last start, I was tipping Victor the winner because it was a wet track and he had the big weight advantage. The champ will smoke him here. Back on a dry track, 26 degrees there on Sunday. Um, And given that Victor the winner flogged him last start, you might actually get more of a price to back him this time around. I think he'll turn the tables and he'll do it nicely. He gets a little one kilo and a half weight swing. um, And he's the best, he's the highest rated sprinter in the world. So... I think he turns the tables like he's Swain S. Very, very keen to see him back on the races and back on top of the ground. Huge. For what it's worth, I've got a massive opinion of commemorative. I just, I'm just trying to be disciplined and I think, like, yeah, she's $2 and she, yeah, she'll probably win, but there's going to be better opportunities to back her throughout her preparation than necessarily 1,200 metres first up Saturday. Yep. But if you haven't seen her before... It'll be the the race I most want to watch on Saturday. She, I think she's a pretty special she's a filly. She's built like an absolute fucking jumbo jet. She is huge. Will Trav, anything around the grounds? No, like you guys, excited to see commemorative. Uh, they don't rate much better than what she did on debut, and obviously, as trial while leading into Saturday as well. Um, I'll, I'll go Sunday though for me. I'm doing Seymour for RSN, the Seymour Cup. Good for Seymour to get the meeting back. This is like a terrible story of just having not been able to run the cup. I think they haven't had it since 2019, COVID, and then issues with the track. So it'd be good for them to just have the day. And I thought Golden Path will win the cup, um, number eight. Mick Price, Michael Kent Jr. I think he got uh, sort of served up last start next to here to shock and young horse trying to go with here to shock early and antino coming off his back i think you'll learn a lot from that run improve off it and uh, i think the market has a pretty good expectation on that horse i think he's a good horse and i think you'll win the seymour cup on sunday yeah. um altivo ten dollars or a bit bit tough oh i gotta do the five diamonds prelude a little bit more such a tough race that race like you got horses like Waterford at six dollars who's going well detonated Jack like yeah I would have just loved to seen him come down to Melbourne he's good also LTV yeah but you've got a couple of morals I'm sure of it uh yeah well I don't know if I want to I think uh race number two at Packenham the favourite Roland High will probably just just win I think there's like a dollar sixty chance I think yeah I'd say it but no, I, I, the punters want to hear it. Say it. <laughs> he's a good, good. He's a he's a dollar sixty chance, I think. And um, oh, I think you, you weak cat. <laughs> I think uh, thought of that in the Moe Cup. Um, Jay Carr. Yeah, they were they were betting ten dollars. I'm not sure what the price is now, but ten dollars is more than fair. I thought it should be second favorite. So um, such a pot bet, a horse who's probably closer to the chair. Yeah, well, it, I thought of that actually hasn't been to 2,000 metres since it was on its big winning streak. It hasn't been to 2,000 metres since it uh, was slaughtered Ballarat in the Cup. Ballarat Cup. Yeah, 
Um, well, don't remind me of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that those are the two I'll, I'll give to the punters. All right, back lay pray before a few questions. My best of the day will be Spacewalk. Race six, Caulfield, number six. I'm also pretty keen in the first on uh, the Brave Smash, Brave Mead. Um, lay of the day is in race six as well. Lofty Strike. I think you need $4 plus to actually even save on him. And my best each way... Um, there's probably a, a few good options for an each way at the moment, but I would say Francesco Guardi in the Caulfield Cup just looks a little bit big to me. Best bet is Madame Pomery. Best lay is Spacewalk, and best <laughs> best value is um, Madame Pomery. Now I'll say um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say who you mail in the um, in the Caulfield, Caulfield Cup. Uh well, the back for me is, is well, the best, or whatever you want to say. Race four, Dark Halo. I think he'll get the job done. I'll lay a tossed up a couple. I'm not really keen to lay any of the favourites on Saturday, so I think Gold Troop's up against it in the Caulfield Cup if he runs. $5, I think, is too short for him. Uh, and I think the Prey um, will go... Valiant King's tightened up a little bit too much to be a prey at sort of 10 to 1. So we'll go with Zorion in the 1,000 Guineas prelude. Huge. Yep. Uh, my best bet Saturday will be Caulfield Race 3, Tropical Squall. Also very keen Race 6, Caulfield Spacewalk. Uh, my lay of the day is Lofty Strike the Place. And my value selections will be... Probably break up in the Caulfield Cup and H2O in the last. Oh, beautiful. Let's move on swiftly to the questions. Stingray Pete on Twitter. Trav, biggest futures bet win? I can tell you this. It's been a few. Um, <laughs> no, that, that sounded too much trumpetish. <laughs> but uh, probably Willowy. Yeah, Willowy in the 2021 VRC Oaks spotted her a couple of weeks out, and yeah, had it. That was that was a very very good day, and probably yeah. the the most satisfaction I've ever got because it was my first year running Patreon, and we'd had an absolute strip out all spring. I, I was like ready to throw in the towel with the subscription stuff, and she won, and it sort of all made it worthwhile. Yeah, I almost brought the grandstand down. I'll tell you that. Uh, what futures bet do you have on right now? Also from Stingray Pete. Any any on at the moment? Uh, there's two good ones that we've sent on the Racing Show Patreon. So sitting on, uh, depending on if you got the 101 or the 51 Victoria Road and the Cox Plate, which I'm pretty happy about. And oh, I think the one that's probably most likely that we've actually got a good price about is Magic Time in the invitation, sort of $21, yeah. $26. So pretty keen. She'll be hard to beat in that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Betfair Australia say, who's your best lay of the day? Nico goes, uh, the, the biggest lay is them not sponsoring us. Lay bin. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got our lays. Uh, best roughy for a Melbourne Cup, Joshua Cal. I'll just let you answer these, Trav. I've got no idea. Uh, I think the horse that's running on Saturday, Kuda Sushi, might be well suited to a Melbourne Cup. But if I, the one horse I've tipped is Ashrun, I reckon he's flying that horse. If he gets yeah. into a Melbourne Cup with a light weight, he'll make his presence felt. Wow. All right. Hot Takes Toss says, does J-Mac ease Francesco Guidi down by two lengths and ride him strongly through the line and win by four? Hefty I hope hold. so. 
Uh, You'd be getting a fair penalty in the Melbourne Cup if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, J-Mac will clock it off for sure, as he usually does. Hefty Hog, listening uh, from Bali. Good on you, mate. Um, some call me Rhino. Who is most definitely going to win, as I've changed my mind 15 times in the Caulfield Cup? Well, uh, when, you, Jay, when, you, when you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> Jay Way says, what's the predicted race tempo, fellas, and do Montefilia's best ratings come from slowly run races? This is probably a good point that we didn't touch on. Fast and yes. Yep, we'll see. I'll go she's fast. She's got none on a fast tempo. Yeah, she's got none on a fast tempo, I reckon. Well, she doesn't have none. She's a good horse, but she's she's best in slowly run races. She's she's more brilliant than, than she's strong. She's also more of a 2,000 metre horse. But this is one for you, Sam Hicks. Can we back Bill Thomas next start after oh, running the fastest last six four two of the last two meetings? Well, <laughs> if they put it up, to, if they if they get it up to fourteen or six hundred meters, like I can't, oh. they can't think get, going back in trip is a good idea. Bot, sure. Bot wants it to lead. Don't know if that'll ever happen. <laughs> Needs to find like the Tatura Cup. Something he's like got to find a heart. Is what he's got to find. <laughs> Mitch, uh, what are the main factors you look for when declaring something? Winning form lines, sectionals, barrier, jockey, combo, Trav. What's the main order for you? Or just a combination? Um, genuine, like, top factor, best horse. Just look for the best yeah. horse in the race. Uh, that's that's the starting point for me. Yep. Brody says, with midweek racing having taken place with Caulfield with a rail out 12, do you think we'll see some bias on the rail this meeting back in three metres? Should play no, better. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. All right, Jakey Weggs for Trav. Who's the better punter, yourself or your brother Nick? Oh, Nick, <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> he might not, he might not be as effusive on sort of the previews, but he's got me covered by the length of the straight on the punt. <laughs> Ryan and bets, has some weird, bets every day, I reckon. Weird questions to finish us off. Bot, what do you love most about Nick? Nick, what do you love most about Bot? <laughs> You go first, right. mate. Um, what do I love most about you? <laughs> oh, God. Can, can we finish the podcast? What are we doing here? Uh, I don't know, but there's not too much I love about you. But I suppose, <laughs> it's, probably, I suppose it's probably mutual. I don't know. No, you just yeah, no, you're you're part of what we're trying to grow here. It's I, this is a part of my week that I look forward to every week because I know I'm going to come on and talk a bit of shit and have a laugh. So yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the team doesn't flow how it needs to. Everyone plays what? their part. If you leave us, I'll fucking kill you. Just, <laughs> just a word of warning. The gunman's outside of his house waiting. If that ever happens, don't worry. All right, sorry, Dethy. I'm not going to read out the rest of your questions because uh, they're very similar to that one. But let's wrap up the podcast there, Trav. Thank you very much for your time. We know you're a busy man. As I said, you're doing six podcasts a week, and you're doing a brilliant job. Um, the sixth day. We got we owe a lot to you because your early your early uh, prediction fields are doing us plenty in the all in. So thank you very much. No, no worries. It does help me out as well doing the likely fields. So um, no, thanks for having me on again, boys. Always love jumping on. Yeah, beautiful. Nico, Will, thank you very much, boys. Good luck this weekend on the punt. Uh, Caulfield Cup week, and then we gear up for a massive Cox Plate week next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.